1: Welcome to Den Talk, and we have our guests, and then you can go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know what you're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, so I'm Christopher a uh, head coach of Archimedes Jiu-Jitsu Academy here in downtown Shreveport, Louisiana, and just going to talk about how jiu-jitsu and combat sports could build resiliency in individuals and help improve your lives.
1: Yeah, and with my kids, why I want them to join is because you also develop uh, a lot of discipline if you start at a young age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can go ahead and get into um what got you into uh, jiu-jitsu.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, like most kids growing up, kind of had a an exposure to martial art films. So, you know, watching the Jackie Chans, Jet Lees, that was kind of like my era's big martial art movie stars. So growing up, always kind of wanted to do martial arts, um, but had a slightly overprotective mother who was really against the idea, thinking that if I get into martial arts, I'm going to start getting into fights and doing all these other things. Um, So when I was 18, I joined the Air Force, uh, enlisted, and went out to Kuwait. And while in Kuwait, um, I discovered martial arts. Uh, It was through a bad breakup that got me to take the plunge into doing martial arts. Um, So basically... Girlfriend at the time broke up with me, and I had a bunch of kind of pent-up frustration. And at that time in my life, lifting weights was kind of the big stress reliever. Running was a stress reliever. But both of those things kind of left me numb. Like, I was too numb to even do it. So I went. I had a friend who was doing boxing at the time. He said, hey, why don't you come out and try boxing? And I was like, oh, okay, like, boxing. They're punching. It's kind of like a martial art. Um, And I went and fell in love with it. And then that took me down the rabbit hole. After doing boxing, um, I worked with the Korean Air Force uh, contingent that was out there. And they introduced me to Taekwondo and kickboxing. And then the thing that kind of changed everything for me was uh, going and working with one of the other U.S. Air Force um, personnel. Uh, She told me to try jiu jujitsu. Now, to give you kind of a visual, I was at the time around 225 and six foot two, right? This girl was maybe at most, and this is like me being as generous as possible with her weight, probably like 145 and five foot two, five foot three. And man, she like choked me out repeatedly. Now, a lot of people, when that happens to them, it it's kind of in jiu-jitsu, we call it an ego death, right? Uh, it kind of crushes you. And you have two options in that point. You could either say, I don't want to do this because it kind of hurts my pride a little bit too much. And I'd rather live in the fantasy land that I have big muscles and I'm strong and I could beat people up. Or you take the other route, which is the one that I chose where I thought, man, if this girl do this to me, I could kill giants.
1: Back home, a lot of Islanders. Of course, UFC's big. But pride was huge. Yes. There's all of that, WEC. And there's so many jujitsu gyms back home. Everyone's doing it. And it tends to, uh, I would say, most people that are doing jujitsu or martial arts in general tend to be the ones that try to stay out of the fights. Yes. But with that, even with, uh, you know, there's a lot of smaller people that do jujitsu that can hurt the big people that are you seeing the videos where someone walks into a jiu-jitsu gym thinking they're you know something and it's this little small dude they go up against and they just he ragdolls them
0: yes actually funny that you mentioned that uh i was just you know on facebook this morning and uh famously you know it's one thing to come into a jiu-jitsu gym of a nobody like the person isn't known in the jiu-jitsu world It's another thing to come into the jujitsu gym and go up against a multiple time world champion and former MMA fighter. Uh, So the example that I think of every single time that I see that is uh, Hobson Mora taking on this big quote unquote biker guy. And I mean, just the delusion is pretty crazy. I've gotten to experience that a couple of times. So across my career um, in the Air Force, it's taken me to some pretty uh, low populated areas. Such as uh, Minot, North Dakota, Great Falls, Montana, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. So in those places, um, specifically in Minot, there wasn't a whole lot of jujitsu um, at the time. So we set up a team out there, and we had our gym was directly behind my friend's bar, and you could only imagine the kind of things that happen. Some guy gets a little bit drunk um, and thinks that he has some. Kind of courage and then decides to show up to the gym and train with us. Uh and then finds out very quickly that it's not gonna go well for them.
1: I made her watch uh some one with uh is uh, it Mikey Musumeki? Oh yes. So she she was watching him, I was like, This dude is just wild. Oh, he's you know? insane. And then uh recently like Gilbert Burns getting submitted mm-hmm. was is crazy. Um But I'm glad now they have, like, all these tournaments that you can watch live. Because I could make my kids watch it. And uh, my youngest daughter, she's so into it. So I really want to get her to actually go in and experience it. I also know you have competed in a bunch of competitions.
0: Yes. Was
1: Chicago a big one? Because I was...
0: Yes. So Chicago Open. um, So this is under the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation's uh, competition circuit. So Chicago Open um, is an open. So, you know, anyone could go. um, And it's one of the larger opens like they have, for instance, uh, other opens I've been to, like uh, Charleston uh, was kind of small. But Chicago, I think they had um, upwards of like almost 2000 competitors. Um, they had multiple match running, so it was, pretty, it was pretty big. My division, I was, at the time, uh, a medium-heavy and a heavyweight uh, competing down there, um, and it was, I think in my bracket, it was like 36 of us competing. So I got bronze um, once in Chicago and then uh, just missed bronze uh, the second time that I competed in Chicago.
1: Well, even with that, just competing... It takes a lot for someone to even want to go to compete. Yes. Because I would say you you have to have balls to actually step on that on the mat and a cage, whatever. Because you got all these other killers trying to take you out. They all want to get that. And um, are you still competing here? Yes. Um, um, so...
0: I'm still actively competing. Uh, We have a tournament, actually, that's going to be happening here in Bossier on March 2nd with American Grappling Federation, so kind of free plug for those guys. Um, And that's going to be in Bossier. I'm not entirely sure of the location. I'm still kind of new to town. Um, But, yeah, I still love competing. The thing to me about competing is it's kind of like when you go to compete – there's kind of two things that happens. Number one, I get to break out of just going against the guys in my gym. Um, One of the things that's interesting, if you spend enough time on the mats is you'll notice that these little games start happening in the sparring. So for instance, like my game is specifically uh, a lot of half guard. So people know that I want to play half guard in the gym. So then it gets into this game where I'm attempting my half guard and all they're trying to do is shut it down, which is good. It kind of sharpens up your skills. But when you go to the tournament, it's like the guy doesn't know what my game is. And even if he does, like the intensity, the like emotional uh, kind of content of a tournament, um, you just go way harder. So things tend to almost work out better at tournaments in terms of like your moves working. Not to say that it won't work in the gym, but it's hard to do when everyone knows kind of what everyone else is trying to do. Um, and then the other thing is you kind of – you get to put yourself in a difficult situation. Because not only is it that I have another person across from me who's willing to break my arm, uh, shred my knee, soak me unconscious, um, but I have to do that in front of people. At least yeah. in the gym, it's like these are my friends. It's like kind of behind closed doors. So if I have a bad day, like no one's really going to know about it. But there, on like the bigger stages, like when I competed at the Masters Worlds, it's like you got like thousands and thousands of people at Ooh. this tournament, and it's just like the pressure
1: is really on. There. Yes, yeah. I couldn't. Even, I couldn't even imagine. And I'm so scared of. Um, because you know everyone. Darts almost like in the backyard. So mm. me and my friends, my cousins, we would play around, and I messed up my MCL and ACL. Oh, so I'm like terrified of knee, like knee bars, all of that stuff. When I see it get put on someone, I'm like cringing because I can feel that pain, and I know during a tournament to just even be in like in a knee bar, or an arm bar, and heart all the hard work to go away just, like, in a matter of seconds. I mean, some people will let it break, but that's bad. All it takes is seconds. And I know they have big events in, uh, I want to say Dallas or Houston. Yes, Dallas, Texas has
0: become kind of a new hub in jiu-jitsu because not only do you have um, just the giant population of Texas, but you have insane – Teams out there, like B Team, for instance, uh, with Craig Jones and a bunch of the guys who left the Danaher Death Squad uh, set up shop in Austin. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, bunch a bunch of killers in Texas. a big movement in Austin. Yeah. And, and Shreveport's not too bad. You're, like, right in the middle of the country almost. Mm-hmm. So, you can really get to big events quite easily, even, like uh vegas events i mean tickets are cheap because i know vegas has a big one Mm -hmm. um some people from back home they fly out to vegas dallas um to compete hawaii is a little more expensive but but it's all there i mean everything you can do from shreveport and i've seen pictures of your gym and i like it It's, it's a little intimate gym and that's like something i would want to have my kids start in just to have fun everyone when you go to these big gyms it's kind of hard yes I because mean, there's some big ones in town mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard when everyone's already been doing it so you can go with uh, white belts but if they've been doing it for so long oh yeah and you walk in you're really gonna get your pride's really gonna get struck down where where your gym i've it almost seems like you're more on hands with everyone. Yes. So that's a really, a really great way to learn. And I see, um, do you have some people in your gym that you plan to make compete? Yes. In fact,
0: I'm really excited. Uh, this tournament that we got coming up, I got two of my students uh, competing both in the white belt division. Not quite sure what weight it is. I don't want anyone kind of killing themselves with a the weight cut for their first tournament. Cause it's already going to be a bunch of extra stressors on top of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my two students, uh, Josh and Andrew, are going to be going out there and wrapping uh, the flag. And then fingers crossed, hopefully that there's some higher belts for me to be able to compete with. Um, if not, I have a tournament in Idaho that I'm going to the following weekend, um, and that one will have a bunch of brown belts at.
1: Oh, cool. So see, so you're already going to be traveling, and you know it's. And you kind of can you can set up your schedule already for what you know stuff is going to be happening. Yes, Archimedes is a is a branch of. I know it's a Gracie. Is it Carlson?
0: Yes. Yeah, so we're under uh, first BJJ of Carlson Gracie um, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, so my coach um, Carlos Santos uh, is a phenomenal instructor. Um, he's one of those people, he's not as well-known in the jiu-jitsu community, but he's, if you say Carlisle to any jiu-jitsu individuals who have been training before the aughts, they know his name. Which is kind of an interesting thing. Like, when we went to the Masters Worlds Tournament, he was getting approached by Jimmy Pedro uh, of USA Judo. Um, He was approached by uh, Rodolfo Vieira, um, who's currently uh, fighting MMA. Uh, Just a bunch of people that i was like it's like oh and then of course carlson jr uh carlson gracie jr knows him as well um so it's kind of an interesting thing he's a little bit more behind the scenes his biggest thing that he did aside from winning worlds twice uh is setting up the jujitsu in abu dhabi which is uh that's like the new big hub for jujitsu tournaments so if you're familiar with adcc yeah um that's all owned by abu dhabi so carlos had set up the university or the school jiu-jitsu programs across um, the UAE and then also did a um, set up what would then later become a version of the Abu Dhabi Pro, which is the
1: gi version of ADCC. Yeah, I know ADCC has been around for a while already. Yes. There are a lot of people back home that would would go out and compete. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some notable guys back home, like, uh, he's not from there. I don't know if he still lives there, but he was training there, was Mike Fowler. Oh, yeah. Brandon Vera lives there from time to time. He he splits with Philippines and Guam. The purebred gyms are there. Oh, okay.
0: So, so are, are you from, you're from Guam?
1: Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So, I know, have
1: a bunch of friends who train down there. Yeah. So, pure, so you know how big it is. Yes. Like purebred and uh, Spike 22 and all of that. So they have tournaments on Guam, Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of them go out to compete. And, of course, they'll come out to uh, Dallas and Vegas, like I said, and um, show your role as a dude from Guam. Yes. So it's it's really crazy how far jiu-jitsu has spread. And, uh, like, we were walking around in uh, Hot Springs last year, Mm -hmm. and she's wearing a fuck-eye shirt. And uh, a girl just went up to us like, oh, fuck hi. You guys are from Guam. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, my husband goes out there and he trains all the time. Oh, that's so cool. From, from Hot Springs. So it's so crazy how these brands from Guam just kind of spread. Yeah. And uh, I know Spike 22, they have gyms in uh, San Diego now and uh, and stuff. So, yeah, it's. I think it's already, like, rooted in uh, Guam culture. Like yes. jiu
0: as small of an island as guam is the amount of jiu-jitsu per capita there is absurd so one of my uh really good friends kind of uh partners with uh Archimedes jiu-jitsu academy uh gerald rivera he is or he was stationed out of guam and uh just the scenes that he would show me from the marianas open for instance yeah. was insane and the white belts like i those white belts look pretty rough like in terms of, like, how strong they are, their athleticism, like, their base, like, everyone trains super hard. And when we got a couple of those guys, because, you know, we have Anderson Air Force Base, Equam. so we'd have folks rotate through. Like, those guys are, they're like boulders trying to move them. Even the smaller ones, like, they fight to stay on top. Uh, and it's, like, it's a really good thing. Because that's one of the things that I think jiu-jitsu is kind of in this weird place right now where individuals are more okay with laying back and ex- accepting the bottom position, um, which is kind of different from the jiu-jitsu that I've been brought up with, and uh, jiu-jitsu that, in my opinion, is slightly more effective for self-defense uh, in terms of just being on top in a fight that's yeah. more valuable than conceding to the bottom. Not to say that you shouldn't play guard or anything like that, but you should make a concerted effort to stay on top, and that was like the universal thing we saw with the guys coming from Guam, was there was like a yeah culture of like no I'm going to be on top
1: I'm going to be heavy I'm going to try to crush you and just yeah. phenomenal individuals strength with yeah, there's there's people that don't even train that are like wild like they're not even in a gym oh that's awesome and, they're, and it's wild but a lot of people there like one of my cousins like he's like naturally so strong like when he finally joined the gym he could roll with everyone but then we were watching We were getting like UFC DVDs back then, and they'll have those little special videos where they teach you to do a Kimura or something. So we were watching that. And when he finally got to a gym, he was able to almost hang with everyone just from watching uh, DVDs, which which is wild just to think. And the amount of gyms on Guam, like someone would be like shocked. Mm-hmm. because I think we probably, Guam could fit in Barksdale, and we probably got, I know, probably over 15 gyms on Guam. Yeah. And it's such a tiny island, and the gyms are stacked. That's incredible. <laughs> and it's it's fun to watch when we see people that come out here for tournaments or uh, people that move out to uh dallas or san diego just to focus on jujitsu or there's some in kansas city Mm -hmm. um and it's nice to see jujitsu just spreading to an even wider audience because now everyone knows like the dudes with the like i don't got cauliflower ears but like dudes with cauliflower ears you probably don't want to mess with yeah they they might choke you out um but it's nice to finally see it spreading and uh when we first moved out here, I was watching some fights and I know there's some people from uh Seoul Seoul MMA. Oh, Soul Fighter. Yeah, Soul Fighter. Mm-hmm. That that are in the UFC. They do go compete. Yeah. Um which is nice because you need that those gyms to help spread. And then more jujitsu gyms are starting to open here. Mm-hmm. Which is which is pretty awesome and um just to be able to get people into it. Um like if I didn't have my knee stuff, I'd I'd be wanting to join it, mm-hmm. wanting to do jujitsu. I'm just so scared of my knee. So,
0: you know, funny story.
1: Uh, my shoulders are absolutely
0: trash. So other things that I did, um, other than jujitsu, when I started doing jujitsu I got into it, jumped into MMA in Georgia. Um, Thankfully, I was talked out of doing an amateur MMA fight. Because what I didn't know was I was going to be basically fed to the wolves to pad someone's record. Um, And that individual was a a Georgia State wrestling champ. So I was, and I had no wrestling at the time. So when I left uh, Georgia, I got picked up for Air Force Academy prep. um, And I wanted to continue doing MMA. But they take away your car. Essentially, you can't have a car when you're at Air Force Academy until you're a junior. So I was like, well, I can't do MMA anymore. So I walked onto the wrestling team. Uh, starting wrestling at the age of 21 in college is not the smartest way to do it. Don't, don't do that, guys. <laughs> um, so uh, wrestling did a lot of good for me. I wrestled for uh, one year at the prep school, uh, which is NCWA, And then I uh, did four years on the D1 team. Um, changed my life. Uh, helped me out but during that time of course wasn't training jiu-jitsu but the amount of cranking that happened on my shoulders like I started to kind of get some shoulder issues and then I jumped into jiu-jitsu and judo well judo before that I did for two years with wrestling and then um, I did jiu-jitsu for my last senior year I was wrestling and doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu right outside of Air Force Academy and that uh, wrecked my shoulders and now I have like a lot of shoulder issues, but I still train. And as long as you learn like, hey, like the guy like grabs my shoulder and like forces it into a position that it's like I'm not going to recover from, like tap really tap often because there were times that I like let things go on way too far. Like my shoulders used to be really flexible. They're not anymore. And it's because I would watch people like just crank my shoulder over until like it was about to pop. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, you got me. And it's like the guy got me. Three or four seconds ago, and I could saved my shoulder.
1: <laughs> I remember once when my, my shoulder had popped, and it's just like my arms hanging. <laughs> and uh, I did a, the stupid thing of us trying to pop it back in.
0: Oh, no. And
1: it, it hurt really bad. <laughs> and it still hurts still today. Just, I don't know. But, yes. Yeah, so, Air, so Air Force Academy, how'd you uh get into that?
0: Yeah, so uh, just kind of worked my way up, uh, while I was enlisted, I was a security forces member. So basically the equivalent of military police for the air force. Um, and I just kind of poured myself into work, uh, applied to, I was taking some college classes, um, and I applied for a commission through air force ROTC and got denied. Um, and ironically, because of the breakup, uh, I decided to apply to Air Force Academy because this girl I was like really into, and I thought we were gonna, you know, get married and do all this other stuff, you know, 19 year old, like, probably like first real girlfriend that I had. Um, so when that fell apart, uh, I decided to apply to the Air Force Academy because uh, when you go to Air Force Academy, you're not allowed to be married, um, which is a, a weird thing. They basically don't want you to have any dependence on the outside. Um, but yeah. Like, it was, it was a good time. A lot of, you know, if you ask most academy grads, they say it's a great place to be from, not a fun place to be at, uh, just because the academics were ridiculous. And then on top of that, being a college athlete was was good.
1: Are you still taking classes for something today?
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, currently working on my master's degree um, through Air University, and uh, it's in nuclear warfare uh, is the degree title. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fun. That's what I'm... Uh, counting down days to when I'm done. When I hit the end of September, I'm finished with school, at least for a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, the older I get, the years go by so quick. So September should be here in no time. Yes. And you should be good to go. Um. So what are your, your plans for Archimedes while here? Yes, yeah. So um, one of the
0: things that I think that Archimedes what I would like to see the vision of Archimedes go towards is, of course, having a strong foundation within Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So how I teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a little bit different from each school kind of has its own flavors. You have some schools that are kind of classified as self-defense. So you could think of like your uh, Gracie University type of Jiu-Jitsu where it's a lot of static drills, um, and those drills are all under the guise of fighting a lot of times an inexperienced uh, fighter, someone that you might find who's attacking on the street. The other half of that is the sport jujitsu realm. So sport jujitsu, of course, we're just training strictly for competition. Um, What I like to teach at is kind of the nexus of those two areas plus another, which is combatives. Um, So everything that I teach for the most part is applicable to all three. So, when I say self-defense, and we're including just someone trying to punch us. So this would be self-defense in the unarmed context. Uh, and then, of course, sport jiu-jitsu, dealing with a guy who's doing, you know, the crazy spinning moves like bid and bolos or people who are doing rolling back takes, that kind of stuff. But then combatives is kind of a uniquely, in my opinion, a slightly American thing is dealing with armed attackers. So being able to kind of stuff someone from drawing a weapon into the fight or uh, preventing someone from stopping you drawing a weapon into a fight, should you need to use one, um, and that's all three of those are kind of interesting because they all meet kind of in the middle. But when you talk about jujitsu in the context of self-defense or combatives specifically, there are a lot of things that kind of get kind of thrown out in a way. And Whereas sport jujitsu, that's honestly the part that I think most people stay for. Is because that's where it gets really fun. There's a million types of guards, there's a million types of throws, there's a million types of ways to, you know, submit someone. Um, but when it comes to the other styles of jujitsu, uh, they're a little bit more short and to the point, um, yeah. which is good for both aspects. Now, the other thing that I'd like to see Archimedes kind of move towards, uh, is kind of incorporating with other gyms so you know places that i've been um i started training jiu-jitsu in utah or sorry in colorado my coach then moved to utah um so training in colorado so mo black um recently just won the west coast the west coast trials for adcc um and mo and i started at the exact same time at prime prime brazilian jiu-jitsu in colorado springs uh The reason she was able to perform to that level was because there was a collaborative effort across the state of Colorado to build someone up to become an ADCC contender. So that's something that I think that we could accomplish here because we have tons of great gyms here. Um, We got, you know, just off the top of my head, of course, there's us. You have um, Bomber Jiu-Jitsu, which has two black belts and a phenomenal brown belt. There's uh, Bossier City uh, Jiu-Jitsu. They have uh, their head coach fought for Bellator. So like, there's, of course, Soul Fighters, Carlos Machado. We have sure. a good foundational base here, and I think everyone's kind of doing something slightly different. That if we mix together, we could produce a champion that's native to Shreveport-Bossier. Um, rather than necessarily sending folks off to Dallas or sending folks off to other locations. And another use case of this is also Amy Campo in Utah. Um, she's another individual I got to train with. Uh, she recently beat Gabby Garcia. Yeah, I saw it. Yes. Yep. And that was a huge upset. Um, for folks who didn't know Amy Campo, I mean, she'd been kind of crushing tournaments leading up to that. But when they saw... Gabby Garcia standing across from her. They're like, "Oh, Gabby Garcia's got this in the bag." And she's Amy, big. Yeah. Amy put it on her.
1: Yeah, she's big compared to her. Like, yeah,
0: she's she's massive. She's massive compared to me. Like, I stood next to her one time and I was like, <clears throat> "Wow."
1: I was I was watching the <laughs> the thing. And I was like, "God damn, she beat her." Yeah. Yeah. It's and I I think uh yeah I think that that's a good way to go because everyone can help sharpen everyone's. Yes. A tool bag and produce someone and everyone could have the enjoyment of all helping this one person get there. And there are people getting medals or meddling out here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the future is bright for a lot of the gyms out here. And um, are you also, are you working with kids or are you just doing adults? Primarily adults.
0: Um, I'd love to get a kid's class going. Uh, Just, the issue is, is kind of getting folks to commit to bringing their kids. That seems to be a unique thing that I've experienced here is a lot of parents aren't as willing. Like, so, of course, you know, we're probably – how old are you? 34. Okay, so, yeah, we're around the same age. I'm 36. So, growing up, parents were like – my mom shuttled me everywhere, like, to this after-school activity. My brother was doing something. You know, it was, like, kind of like this, uh, and it seems – that a lot of parents aren't as willing to do that. Um, so, we've kind of struggled in growing our kids' program. So, yeah, we'd love to have them, definitely. Uh, and then we even have this unique thing uh, where parents oftentimes want to train, but it's kind of a hassle if you have a kids' class and then you have your class. Under the traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu model, for most schools, you have a kids' and an adult's class that happens right after. So, some kids are kind of stuck at the gym for like two and a half hours. Um, and some parents are just like, oh, I can't have my kid stay forever, or I got other things I want to do in my day. So we do this kind of unique thing called dual mats at Archimedes Jiu Jitsu, where we have the kids on the mat at the same time as the adults. Um, and they're on two separate mats. So we don't have any adults crashing into kids. And what they do is, uh, we'll cover a technique in greater depth with the adults, but with the kids, we kind of keep it a little bit more simple. Um, just because with kids, you can't, push them too much you have to kind of incorporate games you have to make it a little bit more fun whereas the adults I could I could drill them repeatedly uh, to perfection whereas with kids you got to kind of it's like when I give my dog medicine you know I have to put it in peanut butter so with the kids you have to have a lot of fun and a a little bit of technique just to kind of keep them wanting to come back
1: yeah and they'll they'll learn as they go and get more more into it I think it's I mean uh, Machado Jiu-jitsu, that's where I had my son in. Oh, okay. Um, The coach there, uh, his daughter is the one that uh, ragdolled my son.
0: Oh, nice.
1: (laughs) Uh, She is so tiny, too, at the time. This was three years ago. But I could see it because, like you said, I could say I wanted to join and how you can see how big I am and I could go against a five-foot girl. Mm -hmm. And she she probably could hip toss me and I wouldn't even know. Yeah. You know, I probably, I don't know what I would do. You know, and then I get embarrassed too. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get him back into it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth.
0: Yeah, we'll have them have them pop on into the gym. We'll definitely we'll talk afterwards about that.
1: Yeah, I want I want all three of them to take. Um, right now, my oldest daughter, she's doing soccer, which she wants to play basketball, but I told her like soccer is so good to just develop footwork. Mm-hmm. So if she can make the team and work on footwork, it's gonna develop something greater. And I think with jujitsu, it will help them get that discipline they need to help them focus on this goal that they want to do. Yes. Um, And like I knew when I was growing up, I played uh, sports and I wanted to play football. So I had to keep my grades up. I had to having something like that helps you get through whatever you want to do. And jujitsu, if they got a little frustration, they can kind of take it out on a mat. They don't got to let their anger out at home or at school. Um, we were looking at Taekwondo or Aikido before, mm-hmm. but I think jiu-jitsu is just is growing so fast that it's like the perfect thing to get them into. So one of the things that I think jiu-jitsu does really well for
0: both kids and adults, but you see it in the kids a little bit quicker, is emotional control. So I ref also uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments. Um, and one of the fascinating things that you see at a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament is you could see a kid go and absolutely dismantle another kid. I'm talking like does a beautiful hip toss, dive straight into the mount, takes the arm bar, matches over in maybe like a minute. And that kid will be sobbing. And it's like they're dealing with all kinds of pressures and anxieties and everything else that we as adults have a pretty good job of managing to mask that. Um, we could go into kind of, this mode where we act tough or we just kind of shut everything down, whereas kids haven't quite developed that skill yet, so everything comes out. And what is interesting is when you see these kids repeatedly, either win or lose, keep showing up to these tournaments, or you'll also see it inside of the gym too, if they keep showing up, they'll learn how to kind of manage those emotions because you know at the end of the day, we're all kind of just dealing with emotions throughout the day. And as you get into doing jujitsu and having someone try to smother you or having pressure, like a a ton of like negative things uh, could come up in your head and you learn kind of how to shut that out. The other kind of benefit that I find for uh, kids and adults as well is learning, kind of learning compartmentalization uh, with their emotions. Like when I love jujitsu simply because of the fact that, for about an hour and a half a day, I get to basically be a kid again. Um, Cause you know, as adults, like how many times do we get to play? Like, it's a very rare thing to, to get out and play. Like, and I wish that there were more kind of sports for people to get involved in, but it's, it's not as popular. So jujitsu is like one of those opportunities that as an adult, you have a chance to play. Like I sit there and like, we'll roll and I'll, Talk. I'll talk shit to the guys, and they'll talk shit to me, and we'll goof off. And it's like, it's this really kind of uh, like relaxing in a weird way, a relaxing thing that I get to do every day, where I'm sitting there and I'm constantly uh, in my own. I'm getting to escape my own head because uh, I can't really think about anything else. I can't think about you know the homework assignment I got due, or you know all the meetings I had to go to, or. Financial issues or whatever have you. Uh, jiu-jitsu, I get like to almost experience a form of meditation that I couldn't experience if I tried to meditate. Uh, you know, some people could do that, and that's phenomenal. I think that that's a superpower in and of itself. But like, if I'm left alone, like in a quiet room with my own thoughts, I can't stand it. I have to get out there and try to try to get involved with a combative environment, to where I get to just focus on that because i can't think about anything else at that point
1: yeah, it kind of blocks out all the noise yes yeah and then like you said it also helps um adults but it will also help with kids with uh, resiliency yes um because you can kind of test your body's limits with jiu um and i think it also you can kind of do the you can kind of make your your mind control a lot of the pain that you're going through while doing Mm jiu-jitsu. And over time, you get better and better at it. And um, I think it's... Jiu-jitsu is something I look at, like, in a really positive light for adults and kids. Um, Well, really, a lot of sports, I look at it in a lot of positive light. I think only good can come out of kids when they get into sports. Yes. Cuz when I when I was in football from a pop Warner going up and you want you want to play you're going to focus on doing all these positive things to get better. Um then you end up developing friends with that that are friends for life. Um jiu-jitsu even more more so cuz you're on a mat. Mm-hmm. Um blood and sweat sharing with these people, uh working hard just like you and you how you were saying earlier, you guys are having these little games where they're gonna try to one up you or and or you're gonna try to one up them. Yeah. And you at the end of the day you're just helping each other. So the bond of sports and mixed martial arts in general is is really positive and um and I think at the end of the day, it helps anyone going through any type of mental issues, um, or just someone that just wants to explore something new. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of people get into it by doing that.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that um, I'm actually working on right now, I have it set up with both LSU's. Uh, Veterans Center, as well as the VA, is we're doing a Jiu-Jitsu for Resiliency. Um, I've done this once before um, to great effect. So Jiu-Jitsu for Resiliency, of course, when we're talking Jiu-Jitsu for Resiliency, we got to kind of talk about the four pillars of resiliency, um, you know, kind of standard Air Force stuff. So we got the physical, mental, the uh, emotional, and the spiritual, or sorry, the social and the spiritual. Uh, So... The physical is pretty self-explanatory. You're going to get out there breaking a sweat. That's just good for you releasing endorphins, kind of keeping yourself healthy. Um, The mental side and everything after that is where jiu-jitsu kind of gets a little interesting. So one of the fascinating things with jiu-jitsu is it's enormously mentally taxing when you do jiu-jitsu. Not necessarily from the sense of like that I'm like, Stressed out or anything, but I'm learning to manage that stress, I'm learning to manage my emotions, and I'm doing problem solving on the fly, which translates really well when you get into the into you know just regular life. Uh, Dan Gable had a really great quote: uh, "After wrestling, everything else is easy." Right? Jiu-jitsu is very much in the same vein, um, especially because it gives you a paradigm on how to view the world when you're sitting there and you're say trapped in side control right and the guy's attacking a submission i have a standard list of things that i need to accomplish i can't just sit there and say i want to escape and submit the guy right away like that's like not the way to approach the problem the way to approach the problem is step by step so i have to defend my arm get my frames in make space recover the guard and then start to mount my offense well, you could take that and apply it directly to your life. So let's say you're in debt, for instance, um, and you're looking at the mountain of debt that you have, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I need to you know, pay off X number of thousands of dollars. It's super easy to look at that and be like, that's impossible. Or you could say, oh, like I've, I've done this in jiu-jitsu before. I set a budget. I go and I prioritize what my spending's on. I, you know do whatever. And I take it step by step. And then you look at the distance that you need to go and you just accomplish it. Um, as far as the uh, social aspect, that's also a huge part of jiu-jitsu. So I'm sure that your friends who train jiu-jitsu, if you like, were like, talking to them like, hey, I want to meet you after jiu-jitsu practice, they'll tell you a time that practice ends, but that's never when people leave. right? So in jiu-jitsu, we call it a hisenia. It's basically like a hangout. Um, And what you do at that is you're essentially you're just kind of sitting around with with the guys and the girls just, you know, just kind of bullshitting, having fun, you know, kind of talking about life, which is another thing that, you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity to do uh, day to day at work. Like I'm fortunate being the Air Force that that's also kind of bred into the military culture that you're going to you have like a standard set of suffering that you go through, for lack of a better word, um, that you could bond over. And then that common bonding just builds into a stronger friendship than I would have if I, say, worked at, like, a Walmart and I saw people, my coworkers for the eight hours a day, and then I just, like, cut right out. Um, Jiu-jitsu kind of provides that space as well um, for both adults and kids. And then the spiritual aspect um, is kind of interesting because there you get to, it kind of ties a little bit into the social aspect. So of course, when we think spiritual resiliency, a lot of people instantly turn to religion, which is a phenomenal way to become spiritually, spiritually resilient. Um, but it also, you know, includes having a purpose. So when you're doing jujitsu, if anything, your purpose is to be there for your training partners, um, and to kind of show up to better yourself. So it kind of, gives you a, a purpose like as a baseline that you could build off of however you want. Um, so those are kind of the ways that that helps. And the, those two um, resiliency seminars I got scheduled are going to be uh, coming out in, at the end of January and the beginning of February.
1: Was it a uh, free for veterans?
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm starting it off with them just cause that's like my smaller kind of set, and then I'm going to be including it uh, to uh, more and more people. Um, so, yeah, so keep an eye out. Uh, we'll hopefully have those out for you guys to come on out.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's great to get these people in that, um, these veterans in that have been following, say, MMA or Jiu-Jitsu, and finally they just want to take a shot. Hey, there's a free seminar. You never know. If uh, 20, 30 people show up and five stay, that's a good five that, you know, that um that are almost set to be in a program, mm-hmm. which I think it's great. And do you have uh, any other things coming up other than that open? Uh,
0: yep. So I got the, the tournament tournament. resiliency seminars and then um yeah it's pretty much it on the horizon right now um yeah
1: can't think of anything else your gym is right outside downtown right
0: yes so our gym is at uh, 1618 marshall street in downtown streetport louisiana uh we got classes on Monday through Thursday, and then on Saturday. Uh, Monday and Wednesday are at seven, and then Tuesday Thursdays are yeah. at six, and then Saturdays at ten a.m.
1: Yeah, I might have to bring my kids there on on a Saturday. Yeah, come on through. Like with my my schedule now, she knows how crazy. It <laughs> so schedule is pretty crazy. So now, like, I, I just got back to FedEx, so. I'm going to be working at one job from 7.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I go straight to FedEx. And then I'm hoping these past few days haven't been what I'm hoping for, but I'm hoping to get off at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. But these past two days, I've been getting off at almost 4. Yeah. So so I'm hoping it all goes back to normal so that I'm not – on Saturdays, I'm not going to be, like, so tired that I, I always try to be up by 6. Regardless, um, if I wasn't doing the two jobs, i try to be up by 5. But Saturdays, that's something to look forward to that I, I, I could bring my kids to. Of course, I would want them to be there more than once a week. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mondays at 7 p.m. So, like, Saturdays and Mondays are, like, perfect. Yeah. Because that that works, like, with my schedule. And at least that's two days where they can have fun and more of a stress relief because a lot of parents, a lot of parents, you have kids? No, I don't, yeah. So, you don't have kids yet. So, kids are stressed out, too, just like, you know, their parents. They're stressed out about, you know, kids stuff, but... Mm -hmm. They need something to relieve that stress. And, like, I swear, like, my youngest daughter, how I was telling you she's flexible. Yeah. Like, I don't want no pressure on her, but I was like, I can see her, like, holding a Guam flag at, like, a tournament. Yeah. Like, I'm so, like, stoked for that. Like, (laughs) I could see it. And uh, my other two kids, of course, I would want them to be in tournaments, but I don't want to be the crazy
0: down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, so, like, but I, I'd be so stoked for them to uh, start competing, and I know my youngest daughter wants to. She's flexible enough where she wants us to send her to gymnastics. Like, Oh, yeah. So she'll be doing cartwheels throughout the house and all these things, jumping off the beds and jumping onto the couches. (laughs) So she needs to relieve, and it's a good way for them to relieve some energy. Yes. So... It's it's like I said. It's only positive things that I can see coming out of jujitsu, and the the friendships that you can create. Like you said, like I I have fam- a lot of family that's in the military. Even on her side of the family, you guys all grow- go through that grind together. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if. Someone stationed out at Guam and you're here Yes You went to that grind together, you're connected Mm -hmm. So you guys are staying connected And you guys probably still would talk to each other
0: Yes Um,
1: Because I see it too with like my stepdad He he retired from the Air Force He still works as a civilian on on Barksdale Oh sweet But I mean He still uh, talks to some of his friends that he He was in with And some of the guys that are still out in Japan or you know so it, it travels with you and i think jujitsu is just like that
0: oh 100 um that's one of the other neat things about it is it's a unique paradigm to make friends so you know i've trained jitsu all across the united states um, from california out to georgia and uh, north carolina and then of course, you know, all over the North and everything like that, too. But then I've trained in Japan. I've trained in Ireland, of all places. In fact, you know, how I proposed, how I find the place to propose to my wife was because of jiu-jitsu. So I was in Killarney, um, and, you know, I can't go more than, more than like four days without training jiu-jitsu before I'm like, all right, I need to get out there and train. So I found a local uh, MMA gym in Killarney, uh, SBG, uh, Straight Blast Gym, and those guys, uh, they were like, hey, yeah, come on in and train with them, had a great time, got to kind of sweat it out, release the the energy that I had kind of pent up over the vacation. And I was like, hey, I'm going to uh, the Ring of Kerry and I want to propose to my wife. And the jiu-jitsu instructor, he was like, oh, yeah, go to uh, the cardiac stairs at Torque Waterfalls. And I was like, all right. So we went, We I got proposed or I proposed to her there. And, uh, you know, jiu-jitsu is – it's integrated in so many parts of my life to include I proposed
1: to my wife. (laughs) Hey, you got the nice proposal. She she didn't get a nice proposal.
0: (laughs) No, but she got a nice husband, huh?
1: (laughs) And I also think you you meet all these friends that you compete with at these tournaments. Yes. Um, They end up – you almost bonded with these people that you compete with uh, or people that you meet at tournaments – so your, your friendships span not just the country but over because you got people flying in from all over to compete. Exactly. So like you said, you make these connections and who knows, you could be vacationing in in France where jiu-jitsu is starting to grow. Mm-hmm. And you competed with the guy there and you, you hit him up and you're training together. So... It, it's it's just amazing to me to see how how far it spread from watching like not the early days of UFC or anything but like those pride days and yeah where it was really like at that time MMA was like a jiu jitsu versus wrestling or kickboxing versus you know yeah and and now all these people are being just well-rounded fighters and it's the evolution of the sport is crazy, and even watching, like when I watch a lot of uh, these tournaments that you could you get on, a, like the UFC Fight Pass. Yes, um, some of them that go live, or like you know, was Submission Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so crazy the talent that's around, and there's now you can get paid from it. Yes, there's people making money. Um, so like I was showing, showing her some of the people that are coming up and a lot of the people don't even look like killers. They look like, and I think most of the time everyone's nice people. Yes. But it's not people that you would think that are these, you know, crazy killers. They don't look like that no more. They look like everyday people. And I think it, um watching all of these things now or being able to see it every day. People can be like, Oh, I can do that.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's the great thing about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, I actually, it was last night, uh, I had a gentleman reach out to me asking, Hey, do you have an age limit to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And it's like, no, I've trained with individuals who started training at the age of 68, which is incredible. I only hope that my body is going to hold together, uh, to be able to train into that late like that that guy is a hero like being able to train that late or that early the best thing with jiu jitsu you know i have i have all different shapes and sizes of students and a lot of people ask like oh what's the ideal body type for jiu jitsu the ideal body type for jiu jitsu is your body it doesn't matter what it is um, you could have short legs long legs you could be heavy skinny as long as you're willing to come in and train every day, like you could see your body in a kind of new way. Cause that's another thing I think a lot of people have, like they look at themselves in a negative aspect with regard to their body. And what's kind of cool about your being able to do jujitsu is you start to appreciate that you have your body. Like you start to, you know, without being too weird about it, you start to like love yourself where you're like, hey, like I have this ability to do these unique things because of my body. And then that kind of sets you on to kind of a positive spiral to where, you know, it's not uncommon when people start doing jujitsu, they get a little bit tired, but then they realize like, Hey, like I could kind of start doing this. So they start cleaning up their diet. They go to bed on time. They're drinking less. They're staying hydrated, all this kind of good stuff. And then that then kind of further spirals into being more involved in the culture, making more friends having a more uh, clear paradigm to look at the world through with how you do your jiu-jitsu uh, and how you apply
1: those aspects into your everyday life. What makes me want to do it, like even even with my knee is, and even with how big I am, is I look at, um, you know, Joey Diaz? Yes. So Joey Diaz does jiu-jitsu. Yep. Which is, for to me, is crazy. But then Joey Diaz was also he was over 400 pounds Mm -hmm. and he he's been getting he's been losing so much weight um so joey diaz can be a more popular inspiration for a lot of people that are big to jump into it exactly but i mean and you can be that regular person i mean it helps he has like eddie bravo and those guys but but you can walk into a gym and you know do that i don't think joey diaz is doing a rubber guard yeah because i wouldn't try to do that with <laughs> i'm not but yeah just basic stuff like i don't think you need to go into debt unless you're years in and then you want to start competing or you're showing all those improvements as a white belt and you want to compete and there's a lot of these uh with jiu-jitsu growing there's a lot of uh age classes now yes so there's like really almost no limit
0: yeah exactly so like the master's worlds that i referred to that's the second largest tournament in the international brazilian jiu-jitsu federation and that's 30 and up and i mean you see guys who like the oldest that i've seen compete there was 65 and i mean getting after it Like I was like watching, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to mess with that 65 year old. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's kind of one of the brilliant things with jujitsu is you develop this real confidence. A lot of times, uh, people are always kind of faking their confidence. Um, but with jujitsu, you get to, you gain this new confidence in yourself because you're like, Hey, I did something difficult. Um, and I think, you know, it's this is something that isn't necessarily unique to jiu-jitsu. Um, anyone who's gone through anything difficult, like, you learn that, hey, like, I got through that, I could accomplish other things. Like, you know, one of the things that I'm terrified of is heights, still to this day. Like, you put me on, like, if you were to tell me to stand on this chair right now, like, I'd be, like, shaking, and it's ironic. I'm six foot, like, I'm only going up another, like, two or three feet. But... You know, because of starting jujitsu, when I did, when I got to Air Force Academy, I was like, "Hey, I want to face this kind of fear I have about heights." So I did skydiving, and I was just like, "Let me just do it." Once you step out of that plane, gravity takes over, and jujitsu is very much in the same way. Like people are nervous to join jujitsu sometimes because they have this kind of preconceived notion of like, "Uh, oh, like I'm gonna get hurt, or I'm gonna be embarrassed, or whatever." It's just like stepping out of the door of that plane. Like the moment you step onto the mats, like that's the hardest part. Step onto the mats. Once you're onto the mats, you start to kind of develop this confidence that like, hey, like I got through the first day and the second, third and fourth. And, you know, next thing you're talking years. So having the ability to do jujitsu and gain confidence from the fact that you did something difficult that day um, carries over into your life. Like I've had white belts that, came in very timid and not wanting to, they were almost like, and I kind of suffered from a little bit of social anxiety myself. They were like very shy, very quiet, everything like that. But once you get them onto the mat and you get them training and working and like they recognize like, Hey, like this is a safe, this is a safe place for me to be me. Then you start to see them come out of their shell and they're like phenomenal individuals. Like, of course I, you know, I said about my two students are competing, Andrew and Josh. Um, I also have, a uh, significant uh, female population in my gym as well. In fact, right now, I think it's almost a 50-50 split between male and female, which is incredible. I've never had that at a jiu-jitsu school before. We're a little small, but like I've never seen that ratio um, take place. And I think that kind of goes to the fact that we encourage a culture of making everyone feel welcome, making everyone feel safe and comfortable to do jujitsu because it is a super vulnerable sport to do. Uh it's not lost on me to like know that hey, like having someone like smashing their shoulder into my face, like that's a lot of closeness. Yeah. Um so people getting out of that shell, you start to recognize like kind of the change in their personality. They have like a little bit more pep in their step and they're more vocal about like their ideas, which is awesome because that's I think one of the best aspects of what we do is
1: providing a social environment for people. With Den Talk, this only being the second uh, male guest, you being only the second male guest, um, a lot of females uh, watch it, and I think it's really good for them um, to be in jujitsu jitsu because it's, it's a thing where you can kind of hide that you got this self-defense. Mm-hmm. So if someone does try to do anything to you they don't expect you to do jujitsu or to throw them on the ground and do something yes so it's more of a sneakier self-defense i think um where someone i mean taekwondo aikido is great but if someone do you on the ground say they wanted to mug you or they were trying to do something and you have a way to defend yourself on the ground. Yes. On your back. um, You could do something about it. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of women, jiu is a really, really good sneaky self-defense to have because it's not going to be expected. Oh, a 100%. Like even the actual
0: technical ability for women to be able to strangle a guy completely unconscious like ask me how i know right my friend mo black has choked me unconscious before she's like way too nice to ever admit that she did it uh but she did you know i was in a choke i was trying to fight my way out of it didn't hurt or anything and next thing i knew i'm slowly starting to feel like my limbs get weak and then i went to reach up for a tap and next thing i know my buddy's holding my feet up and i'm like sitting waking up and you know Mo was phenomenal. She was very apologetic and everything like that. But just a really that is like you know our size difference alone should be like the kind of the use case for jujitsu for women um, because it doesn't matter if you all it takes is for you to get your hands around my neck or your arms or your legs around my neck and I go unconscious just like anyone else. Whereas with striking sports that there were weight classes for a reason in striking yeah. sports. So even if there was, even if say I was the same size as, as a woman and we were getting into a striking exchange, like she could take just as much damage, but in jiu-jitsu, like a smaller person actually can use the martial art. It's kind of like, you know, when you watch Bruce Lee and you see the small guy beat up the big guy, this is like the real life version of that, where when, the smaller, weaker individual is capable of of winning the match.
1: Oh yeah, and they they're probably able to move around a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think my wife needs to get into jujitsu.
0: Yeah, come on through. We got we got we got a bunch of women
1: that train. So get y'all out there. Do you have any message to someone wanting to get into jujitsu or any? life advice that you've received or been inspired by through this journey of jiu-jitsu uh
0: yeah so um, kind of answer both questions with with my answer here so um you know a lot of people ask what is the most important belt to get promoted to in jiu-jitsu uh or what is the hardest belt to get promoted in jiu-jitsu and there's in the jiu-jitsu space people argue between blue belt purple belt brown belt black belt right but in my opinion it's the white belt Um, transitioning from the leather belt that we wear around our pants to wearing a white belt and a gi is one of the most important transitions that anyone makes. And that requires a great deal of courage to come into a gym. And like I said earlier, you know, the biggest thing that you could do is just get out there and try it. Like step yourself out onto the mat. The most difficult part of doing jujitsu is the drive, getting to the gym. Um, And if you could accomplish that, that then could bleed over to the rest of your life where you don't want to go through life and coming to the end of the road and ask yourself, what if, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? You know, I was sitting there thinking about this the other day, you know, what if I didn't start Archimedes Jiu Jitsu Academy or you guys, I'm sure have probably thought, you know, there was a point where it was like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. You could have easily just said no before you ever gave it the attempt, but you guys are flourishing. So this is one of those things that it's like you know it applies to jiu-jitsu and of course this is kind of how i view the world but you know as miyamoto Miyamoto musashi said um you know if you see the way broadly in one thing you see it in all so just get out there and put yourself in those uncomfortable situations of course i would love for you to come and train jiu-jitsu with me But if you have anything else going on in your life that you want to try and do, just go out and do it. Like the worst that happens is you find out that, hey, that wasn't for me and you just lost a little bit of time. But it's better to have that than to be at the end of your life. And you think, man, like, what if I would have started that business or what if I would have started that podcast or what if I would have started training? Um, You don't want to have that regret. So just get out there and do it.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, I've been wanting to do jujitsu for the longest time. So I say when am i gonna start when am i gonna get into it
0: yeah just start 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 today
1: (laughs) but yeah i've i'm i'm gonna bring bring my kids i i i want to get to it um and i'm hoping like my schedule can stay where i have these saturdays and these monday nights off so so i could do that um we just been working like crazy cuz we plan to go to philippines in june. So, oh nice. Um so we we want to get out there so i'm going to try to bust bust my ass so i can we can get out there cuz it is so expensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we can um I don't know what else to say but thank you for coming and like i said when uh when i met you out there Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you for your support.